Jesse podcast and Jessica Coates Business Solutions acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Please remember that this podcast is for educational purposes and you must consider your personal circumstances when making business decisions. Hey Bossy podcast is for current and future business owners looking for simple, no fuss, business guidance and tips from a qualified and experienced business educator. Our primary focus here is business, entrepreneurship, marketing, social media, training and coaching, as well as a bit of pop culture, trending topics and issues affecting women. We also love to chat to women in business and share their stories. Okay, welcome back. Episode seven, we are up to of the Hey Bossy podcast. Thank you for joining me. If you are new here, my name is Jess. I'm a business and marketing trainer, assessor and consultant. I specialize in personal branding and social media marketing. I work with business owners to develop strategies to achieve their business goals um, across a number of areas. So uh, marketing and socials, but also you're going into personal branding, uh, leadership skills, emotional intelligence, a bunch of different things there. I also deliver accredited training in RTOs. I run online training workshops, events, um, networking events. So I do a lot of those online um, in the Hunter region. In today's episode, I had the absolute pleasure of interviewing Leanne Morris. I do have to admit I was fangirling for most of the interview. Leanne is based in the Hunter region, like me, and is a copywriter and feature writer. She has a wealth of knowledge and expertise across marketing, advertising, media. Um, yeah, she was. it was amazing um, the amount of insight that she gave us. So um, I will pop all her details in the show notes. Make sure you look her up on socials. I hope you enjoy Leanne's story and amazing tips as much as I did. Thank you for joining me on the Hey Bossy podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Now, I had to start with this question first, and that is, as a copywriter, how do you feel about the uptake of ChatGPT and other artificial intelligence that we're being seeing used in content marketing? Well, first of all, thanks, um, Jess, for having me here today. Um, I'll do my best to answer your questions. Um, but in terms of ChatGPT, I was initially really quite apprehensive and thinking, oh, my gosh, there goes the retirement plan of being a digital nomad. <laughs> <So> <laughs> no one will want to employ me anymore. Uh, but you know what? Um, the more I've experimented with it, um, the, the less apprehensive I become um, because uh, it can only do, it's fairly basic, like, it's all about the, the question that you ask it, of course, you know, um, and of course you can keep drilling down. But I find that um, there's really not very good brand voice happening with it. And I think it, it, um, it, it doesn't know the business that you're writing about the way you do, right? You're a human being and you understand human relationships and, and all of those sorts of things. And I think that that kind of nuance that, that, a copywriter can give to to their content is something that chat gpt can't do and but having said that it is very useful um i only started 
experimenting with it when a client started briefing me with it. So she started sending me uh, her briefs and basically she would tell ChatGPT what she wanted to write her blog about and then she would send it to me. And I'd get this blog and it was so superficial, right? Like really there was, wasn't a lot of depth to it and there was certainly no brand voice. And, um, and so it was a great kind of foundation to spring from. And then you just, you know, you fix it. And, and I went through and would, would fix it, rewrite it, add more depth, do a bit more research, you know, so you get some stats in there and, you know, just more information um, that's useful for your um, reader. And, um, and yeah, and so it worked really well. Um, and, yeah, I'm sort of enjoying experimenting with it now. That's it. More as a as a tool, you can see how useful it is. There's so many things that you can do. You've got that clear idea of what the client is looking for, but isn't quite at yet. Um, yep. And that's I think that's what you see a lot of the moment. You can pick it a mile away when they they've done that step and then they've published instead. Yes, of <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can spot them a mile away. Yeah, you can. You absolutely can. (laughs) And I've done a few. I've opened up and I've started reading like, oh, this is an interesting topic. And you get about halfway and you're like, hang on a minute. Yeah. This doesn't have any kind of just like, like I said, that voice that there's no depth. Yeah. And I do, I find them a little bit repetitive too. Like Mm. they can kind of say the same thing different ways, but it's still saying the same thing. And not always correct either. Um, yeah. There was that recent story with the lawyer in the US and we found themselves in a little bit of trouble when it, it gives them not so correct information. Yeah, because really it's a plagiarising tool, right? Yeah. Like it's just trawling the internet, pulling down bits and pieces, mm. you know, um, and spitting it out at you. And so it's only people put all sorts of things on the internet, so not, not always factual. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i'm seeing it a lot in the education side of things the some you know assessments coming through and it's a big challenge there as well yeah to, you know, to pick it up and to how to how to deal with it i think that's the big question of yeah. 2023 is how do we actually deal with it now that it's yeah. here yeah okay awesome so you are a feature writer for the local publications in touch magazine and your hunter valley magazine yeah. you offer copywriting, marketing and publicity services, as well as freelance project management. Mm-hmm. Must be busy. But can you tell me, <laughs> can you tell us all about your career path? Well, gosh, you know, like I'm 57 years of age, so um, it's a fairly long career path, so I'll try and keep it to the four <laughs> strokes or we'd be here all day. Um, now, well, look, I have a degree in drama and English from Newcastle University back many, many moons ago. Um, and I went from there into uh, kind of office management and down in Sydney. And um, and I went to work for a public relations firm. And that was kind of where I discovered PR and marketing and all that sort of stuff. So then I went and studied an arts and entertainment marketing diploma from APM. And... Um, and then from there, I went into marketing, like junior marketing roles. And I, I was lucky. Like I worked with some pretty amazing kind of industry gurus during that period, um, like people like Bryce Courtney and stuff like that. And um, and then I eventually found my way into magazine publishing and I worked for um, 
Time Inc. magazines when they were kind of really big here in Australia and they had Who Weekly magazine and In Style and um, Sports Illustrated and all of those. And that was my family. Like, I, that was a great job. It's probably one of the best jobs I've ever had. And I, I was there for quite a number of years and then um, moved from there. I thought I was going to save the world, went to work for Lifeline Australia for a while. And, um, and then I ended up uh, kind of finding my way into the arts uh, and worked for Sydney Symphony, ABC Classic FM, um, and... Uh, I, I had a little stint for a little while in, in real estate, believe it or not, when I moved up to the Blue Mountains for a while. Um, and then um, after that, went to Riverside Theatres. So that was my other big family. So I was at Riverside Theatres for a long time in Parramatta and I was the senior marketing manager there for a number of years. And um, uh, from there I went to Canberra Glassworks which was the first time I'd done visual arts. So that was kind of exciting. And then we moved back here to Newcastle, which is where I come from originally, um, and uh, couldn't get a job. <laughs> um, I had two little kids and um, I couldn't get work in Newcastle. That was part-time. Um, and so that's what led me in the end to taking a copywriting job, which I'd never done before. But, of course, copywriting has always been part of marketing um, and I got a job with electric dry carpet dry cleaning and it was, it was, you know, it was one of those things where, well, it was part-time. So it was, that was great. It worked for my family and, um, it was a bit of a different product than what I was used to kind of right. working <laughs> in. <laughs> and that was challenging, um, from a personal point of view, but, um, it was the turning point for me because, I kind of started there and they're a national company and I had to write, I wrote all their blogs and all their website content and they geographically, like every ge geographic location is, you know, they have their own site, right? Mm. So there was a lot of content that had to be written and, um, and I kind of discovered that I was kind of, it just came really easily mm. and that was a bit of a surprise and so then I went and studied. So I um, decided that I wanted to explore creative writing and I went and studied creative writing. Um, and, uh, you know, I did stuff with um, the Creative Word Shop here in Newcastle, did stuff at Writing New South Wales. I did courses with the um, Australian Writers' Centre. Um, and then I did some business writing courses as well. Um, you know, did the usual SEO courses and all of that sort of thing. And then um, after I left ElectroDry, I set up my little consultancy and um, started to get work as a freelancer. And, um, and that kind of bubbled away slightly for a little while as I kind of built it up. But then the thing that really changed, I suppose, was that I got involved with the Newcastle Fringe Festival and um, was on the board with those guys for a number of years and worked really super duper hard um, and it was all volunteer work um, but it was doing what I do best which is kind of you know bringing all those elements those marketing the publicity the the copyright it was all of that working together and um, 
And it really kind of helped me build my name, I think. It, it gave me more of a profile. And so I left those guys. The festival I've just done with them is probably the last. And um, But it made me realise that project management is actually also something that I should offer because it's what I'm... Mm you know, uh, I've got all this experience, you know. So um, I've just recently started working for the Hunter Young Business Mind Awards. Um, I love the idea of working with young people and helping to lift up young people because I think uh, our youth today are really stuck behind an eight ball. You know, I think they've got a lot of challenges um, in our modern world to face. And so I like the idea of helping helping out in that area. Um, so, yes, that's my latest project management role um, and in the midst of all of that somewhere um, I landed the gig with um, with In Touch magazine and your Hunter Valley magazine which I love it's my probably my favorite job at the moment um, yeah. I love crafting those stories you know and it's taken me decades and half my life to work out probably more than half my life um, to work out that I'm a storyteller at heart that's what I do you know um, yeah. um, as anyone who will talk talk who, anyone who has uh, who talks to me will tell you I kind of can talk the leg off an iron pot and I'm always telling stories. So on that I could note, listen to I you talk <laughs> I could listen to you talk about this stuff that I'm just having that fangirl going, oh my gosh, and she's done this and she's done that. It is. It's just that's it. That ability to tell a story, which actually leads right into the next question I was going to ask you in terms of how can business owners use that storytelling when sharing their business journey? Yeah, well, storytelling is basically, you know, it's all about engaging uh, your audience and creating emotional connection um, and, of course, communicating the brand messages um, that you want to deliver. So, um, you know, this, this, the brand story is what differentiates you from your competitors and it's used across the board. It's used in, you know, all your kind of marketing and your advertising, your videos everything you know there's a kind of narrative arc or there should be a narrative arc to all the stories that you tell with your business um and kind of you know on a practical level kind of things like testimonials and case studies about pages blogs of course um uh are all kind of you know the the areas that you can use storytelling but even on your social media posts you know like um I see this mistake people make all the time with their social media where they um, it's just all about the, the sell, right? Mm. And it shouldn't be. Like there's more to your story than your sell, you know? Um, so, yeah, so I, I think it's pretty important storytelling to business. Yeah, definitely. And what about brand voice in those business communications? Oh, well, totally. go hand um, in hand? Yeah, of course they do. Um it's the way we establish our identity and how we differentiate ourselves from our competitors. Mm. Um, it also, you know, gives consistency to your content as well. Um, and every brand has a personality um, and it's, you know, it's in the words we use and the style that, you know, in which we craft our communications, they all help to deliver that brand uh, personality. Um, it helps us again to create an emotional connection because it's usually, generally, we're talking in the language that our, our, you know, our, our target client speaks in. You know, because we're it's all about relationships. Everything that we do in marketing is about the relationships, right? So we're, you know, it's about kind of having a voice that people identify with. Yeah, definitely. So, 
if we're in the position where we we've tried and we can put it together a little bit but we really could do with the professional help of a copywriter what <laughs> would be the process if when looking to you know it's like anything it's not you know there's good fits so when you're looking for, to work with a copywriter what is the process Okay, well, first of all, you have to identify that you need one. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we know, you know, like that's, yeah. that's yeah. lots of people think they don't. Um, yeah. They would like to think they don't, but uh, but they do. Um, yeah. Content, you know, it's key. We know all know that content is king, and that it's um, it's important that you're on point with all that stuff that we've already talked about with the brand voice and accuracy, and that you're delivering something that your audience actually wants. Um, it's it, so as I mentioned, you know, before, like it's not enough just to, to list your your good points, your sales points. Yeah. You know, that sales speak isn't enough. Um, so the other thing um, that's important to know and be aware of is that a lot of copywriters specialize these days. There's a there's oh. a very strong push for copywriters to niche, right? And there are advantages to that because you become an expert in your field or your industry right um, but I do think and as somebody who doesn't niche particularly um, I struggle with the idea that say you're a real estate copywriter and you write for you know 10 different real estate agencies yeah. how do you keep that fresh right yeah. if there's an issue in the industry and everybody wants to blog about that how, other than brand voice, right, which will only take you so far, how do you differentiate yourself in that space, yeah. right? So you, I think how it's... How do you spread out the content? Like how do you keep coming up with the ideas? For yeah, ten? exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's something to, so certainly something to watch out for. But the basic process when you want a copywriter is that you, you know, um, the a cop, you have a meeting with, with somebody and, and for someone like me, it's not just about the copywriting for me. So when I meet with a client, I want to know what's going on in their business. I want to know what their overall objectives are, what they're trying to achieve, so that I can make sure that the copy that they're asking for is actually going to be able to deliver the outcomes that they're seeking, right? So um, that's an important part, I think. You, know, you have to be able to see the bigger picture. Um, and, uh, you know, so we'll have a meeting, we'll discuss all that stuff and explore what content's required and then then there'll be a more detailed brief um, and there'll be a quote from that brief um, with a timeline established and a deposit so mm. I don't work without deposits um, yeah. because you know there's a lot of work that goes into crafting a draft and um, and I think it's important that I cover myself, you know, to for, oh. for that time. Um, so yeah, so I always kind of expect a, you know, a, probably you know roughly about a twenty percent deposit um, before I start the job, yeah. and then and then you get a first draft. And um, what I find is not many people ever spit it back. Like it's it's just like they take the first draft and run with it. Um, but you know you are entitled to make changes, and um, and a good copywriter will have that um, acknowledged in their terms and conditions. Um, and you know I usually offer two to three rounds of changes if it's required. But like I said, it's pretty rare. Um, yeah. And then you then it's then the job's done basically. 
So, yeah. And you've mentioned like a few of the red flags or already in terms of, you know, like those you know, offerings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the other strange. ones are, you know, like people should have examples of their work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and they should be curious about your brand and your business. Yeah. And, you know, if they're not, then, you know, there's something a little bit wrong because you can't craft a story, you know, you can't write good content unless you understand, you know, uh, who you're representing with that copy. Um, And obviously, I mean, other things like grammatical errors and typos are an obvious red flag. Um, (laughs) And if, I mean, you know, if I was looking for a copywriter and I went to an ex, like an somebody who niches I would ask them the question how do you keep your content fresh for each client mm. I, I would literally ask that question mm. yeah it's interesting I'd probably be this like that's it I'm kind of thinking the same I'd be like going for the person who doesn't really have clients in the same industry or not too many at least because yeah. that's it. yeah I'd be the same kind yeah. of thought um and then, too, I guess that's the, the big part of it is how it all links back. You know, that's what you said, getting into the business in terms of, you know, the, who the business is. It's if they're not prepared to do that, how is it going to match up with the rest of their marketing and their business goals? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's all connected. You know, you mm-hmm. can't look at these things in isolation. And I think mm-hmm. that there is a... Um, there is a kind of tendency, I, I get very, very frustrated by businesses who think that they can do all their marketing on social media. And mm. you can't. You can't. It's, it's, a, it's a tool. It's not everything, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I Obviously, that's my background and that's it. It's, 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 social media is a unicorn that is just going to market everybody's businesses for free. <laughs> And it's, you know, the, this concept that it's just magical. And <laughs> I'm such a realist and, you know, some, some people like it. So, but it, it's it's not like, you know, no. oh, it is. It's, it's unbelievable. But it's, um, yeah, it gets a lot of hype, the good old yes. social media. Now, I must admit, when I, I was you know, getting prepared for this and I was, I stumbled into your blog. And mm-hmm. I was reading and I kept clicking and then I'd read another one and then I'd read another one. And then I kind of wanted to go and delete everything I'd ever written and <laughs> get rid of my blog and start again. <laughs> That's it. Like there was, I think the, the one thing I took from it was like the biggest thing. There was so much, but you said um, not to write your blogs, how you speak. And I am 110% guilty of that. Yeah. When I write, it's like how I talk, you know, quick, and it's snappy yep. and yep. yeah I read that and I was like oh gosh yes okay yeah. and but that's it there's just there's an art to it and yep. you know in terms of blogging how important is it to our marketing strategy these days oh it's really important unfortunately it's really important <laughs> <laughs> it's very unfortunate because like I don't practice what I what I preach, right? Like I, my <laughs> blogs are out of date, and you know, blah blah blah. No. Uh, but uh, and I tend to write about things because I don't I don't particularly love writing about copywriting, right? Mm. Like um, I write about things that I am passionate about, things like you know midlife transformations and you yep. know losing weight and you know all that sort of stuff. So when people go to my website, they have to trawl through all my kind of midlife menopausal stuff to find all my copywriting blogs. So I um, love that though, like the stories, <laughs> the storytelling in that. I was like, it just 
gave like such an insight to you as the person behind the business. And I was, I kept clicking through. I'm like, you should be writing questions, Jess. You should be writing questions. I just kept clicking through, reading those (laughs) backlog of blogs. Oh, that's nice to know. (laughs) But yeah, no, blogging and and anyone who looks on my my website will find these, um, I've written about this stuff, is, um, is that, you know, it is really important because it's it's kind of like the bit from which a lot of other stuff springs, you know. So like um, Google loves blogs because Google is always looking for new content. It wants to know that you're the expert in your field. Um, and so SEO kind of thrives on this stuff. This is where, you know, you'll get your ranking up higher if you blog with good original content. Um, and people often think that a social media feed is is content. It's not. Google won't recognise it as such. Um, so your blog is probably, unless you're going to change your website pages every day um, or every week or month or something, um, you know, a blog is the kind of best way to build that um, that ranking. Um, and um, obviously it's got to be the right kind of blog. It's got to, you know, have strong kind of organic keywords and unique content. Um, but that's that's what it's there. But it also drives um, your relationships with your consumers, right? So um, it will, if you, you use it right, so you write a blog, then you can create like, you know, say three posts, three social media posts that will drive people from your social media into your home, which is your website, right? So you drive them from the bar, right, and the cafes into your home for a more intimate relationship. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and then you call, you, then you add a call to action of some kind, right? So once they're there and they're engaging with your blog, you you, you always should always have some kind of call to action on a blog. Um, and ideally, then you gather up, you maybe give them a free download or something like that, right, so that you gather up their email address, right, which then leads to more content because then you'll create an e-news and you'll write this e-news and then you'll be talking to them on a more personal, frequent, you know, um, kind of manner, um, way. So that's how it all kind of folds in together and and that's a really strong marketing strategy, you know, they're yeah. giving it away for free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's it. Like you've kind of mentioned a few like, tips there in terms of, you know, using it for content and you kind of, you know, start with that great piece of content rather than working. And I, something I do is kind of work backwards and focus on the socials and then yeah. throw the blog in at the end rather than working can, on the blog. Yeah. If you go the other, I mean, there's there's space for both, of course, mm. of course there is, you know, but um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of a, a lot of my clients. That's what I do. So a lot of my clients, um, I have, I tend to not have kind of one-offs. They're they're kind of yep. you know ongoing clients, and you know, I write their blogs every month, and I write their newsletters every month, and uh, and it all folds in together nicely. And I also usually give three social media posts per blog that I write as well. Yeah. Mm. Wow. That's huge. Imagine the time that would save. <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's it's a no-brainer for me. Like it just, it's just a no-brainer. Like, yeah. Yeah. But um, I don't do it myself. 
uh, but that we all do that. That's it, isn't it? It's like, yeah. you know, it's the, you know, the painter whose house hasn't been painted in yeah. 20 years. It's just, <laughs> it is that, you know, and sometimes I think that's it. You're so invested in client work and what you, you know, getting that back as the priority. You do. It just becomes that afterthought, definitely. Yeah. Were there any other top tips you had for effective blogs? Oh, for blog writing. Yeah, I've got a stack of them. But um, um, I think probably I won't go through them all. If people are interested, they can go onto oh. onto my website. But um, probably the, the biggest one is that remember who you're writing it for, for goodness sake, right? You're writing it for your customer. And you, you're writing something. You're not writing on a blog for you. You're writing it for your customer. And you want to engage them. You want to make them want to read your blog you know, Um, and you then want to inspire them to believe in you, to believe in your brand and to purchase ultimately, you know. Um, So that's the, that's the kind of the, one of the the biggest ones. Um, And, but there should always be a hook back to your business, right? There should always be some kind of call to action, even if it's just, you know, call, you know, call one of our team today or something, you know, whatever. But but there should always be that hook back. So you can write about something that's quite different, but there, there's a reason why you're telling that story, right? And you just need to hook it back to your business. Um, so find that purpose. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The other the other thing that, that I would say is to um to to just write, right? So you don't worry about what it's like. You just get the words on the on the screen, right? So I will sometimes begin something half a dozen times before I find the flow, right? Yeah. But I I never sit in front of a blank screen, ever. No. I, I automatically start typing, yeah. and and it just comes out. It just comes out. You just start telling the story. So there's a few tips. But anyway, definitely. Yes, I think there'd be others listening like me that will sit there with a blank screen and write a sentence or two and then hit the delete and then look at the blank screen for a little bit longer. But we'll never hit delete either. So don't hit the delete button either. So you leave it. So you write a sentence and you think, no, I hate it. Right. Then leave it there. Go down to the next one and write again. Right. And then leave that there and then write again. And what you'll find is there'll be bits. There'll be bits out of the ones that you've that you've started that you'll use right so don't don't delete them don't delete there we go (laughs) well I could ask you questions all afternoon but (laughs) I will leave it there how can our listeners get in touch with you where can we find you oh well the um, easiest way is through the website which is um words and ideas at uh lianemorris.com.au and of course, my name is a weird spelling, so it's, you know, L-I-A-N-E, Morris, M-O-R-R-I-S. Um, that's the best way. Um, but um, if you want more information about any of the stuff that we've talked about, the blogs um, are there, but you've just got to wade through all that kind of midlife transformation stuff to find them. I will put, I will put all your socials and contacts in the show notes. I'll find that blog article that I was talking about, put a direct link to that um this yeah amazing so many tips like I said I could talk to you all day but thank you (laughs) once again for joining me um thanks for having me no thank you that was amazing (laughs) thanks Jess